You are Locked On Pelicans, your daily podcast on the New Orleans Pelicans, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to another edition of Locked On Pelicans, the daily podcast covering your favorite team, the New Orleans Pelicans and NBA as a whole, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Available on iTunes, Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Google Podcasts, Alexa, Stitcher, Spotify, wherever you get your podcasts from. I'm your host, Pelicans Insider, credential member of the media and editor over at LockedOnPelicans.com, Jake Madison, at NOLA, Jake on Twitter. Here with you all on this Wednesday, the day before Thanksgiving, final podcast of the week. Just enjoy your Thanksgiving, enjoy the game tonight, because it is a game day as the Pelicans travel to Philadelphia to take on the 76ers. We'll preview that game for you in the third segment here. Get you set as you kind of enjoy the holiday weekend. Hopefully you have off. We also need to talk about Etwan Moore and how damn good he's been for the Pelicans this season. What's gone differently for him? How has he kind of elevated his game and is having a bit of a breakout year? I also want to look at the defense. What's going on there? Are they as bad as advertised? Or what is it exactly and where can they improve? So a lot to cover in the day before Thanksgiving edition of Locked On Pelicans. If you're a new listener, thank you for tuning in and making the Locked On Pelicans podcast part of your day. And if you've been with me through any point in time, I appreciate it as well. It's been a lot of fun this year as the team finally looks to be very competitive in the Western Conference. So each one more bit of a breakout year for him. When you look at his numbers, they're really good. He played all 82 games last season, by the way. Averaged 12.5 points. That was a career high. Well, that's jumped up this year to 16.1 points per game, so close to 3.5 points per game more this year. And he's doing it in basically the same amount of minutes per game. Actually, just like 10 seconds less or so is what he's doing it in. So same amount of minutes, and he's averaging those three and a half points more uh, on basically just one or two shots more per game. So his efficiency has gone way up. So what's kind of changed here? The first thing you're going to look at is the just Steph Curry-like three-point shooting percentage. He's shooting almost 50% from the field, or not from the field, from three-point range this year at 49.2%. But it's not a huge volume. Three and a half attempts per game is good. It's less than it was last year. He's just shooting it a little bit better. He's a career 39 three-point shooting uh, uh, shooter three-point percentage shooter. So it's not like this number is going to stay exceptionally high. Though he's had some years in the past last year and a couple of years ago with the Chicago Bulls where he did shoot above 40%. But it's likely going to dip a little bit. But when you really look at his scoring and given that he's making basically the same amount of threes per game, it was 1.6 last year compared to 1.7 this year, he's scoring in other ways. And it's that mid-range floater and what he does there that's kind of been the biggest thing. I think when you watch him in these games, what really jumps out at you is the way he works off ball and knows when to cut. And it's off that curl play, basically to the middle of the paint, where all of a sudden he comes in from the side or baseline off a pin down or what have you, curls around, gets a pass from somebody, and he's right there for that mid-range jumper where everyone's focused on the guy on the paint or the guy with the ball and trying to take away a three. He's using that mid-range game to his advantage. Normally, you don't want those shots. Really, if you look at the percentages of mid-range versus in the paint versus three-point range, there's a reason the league is trending away from that stuff. And I don't think you want to take them just to take them even if they're open because open ones are not necessarily better than uh, contested looks in the rim or contested threes. 
But this is working. There's no denying that here with each one more. And it's the off-ball movement that's really been the biggest thing. And I said it in the podcast yesterday that I think one of the biggest things about this is he's playing more shooting guard this year compared to small forward where he spent the majority of his time probably last season playing out of position and that he did to start this year you know he was starting at the three now with Wesley Johnson kind of into the starting lineup he can just kind of move around a little bit more he's not having to guard wings that are stronger and faster than them and expend all that energy on defense just to be maybe adequate at best. Now, all of a sudden, he's on the offensive end being guarded by smaller guys, guys who don't have the length or the wingspan that he necessarily does, and his size is very good. And I think that's kind of been the biggest thing from him that, yeah, he's not expending as much energy on defense. He's got lesser defenders at times kind of wrapped up on him. You don't really want to put your best defender on Etuan Moore, do you? when there's Drew Holiday in the backcourt, and it's freeing him up just to kind of do what he does. And it's really just that mid-range game, and he's hitting more of these because the looks are more open because he's moving off ball, and he's not just driving and pulling up from those spots. When you look at it, the rest of the numbers are all basically the exact same. You know, he's averaging the same amount of turnovers. He's basically averaging, you know, fewer steals. He's averaging the same number of assists, the same number of rebounds. It's the shooting percentage that's really gone up. And it's the way that he's kind of worked his way open to make those shots be good shots for him and works off ball and is developing a lot of chemistry in the backcourt with Drew Holiday. And when he gets the ball, he's not a black hole like a guy like Eric Gordon was here in New Orleans. And it's leading to him to just having a tremendous, tremendous season. Like you cannot state enough about Etuan Moore and how good he's been for this Pelicans team. It's been a bit of a revelation. This is the reason why people don't want to include him in trades, though I think it's still kind of insane that you wouldn't, um, should that come up. But it's certainly a great thing for the Pelicans. This is a guy who's on a very good contract for the team. It's kind of been a lot of fun to really see him get the spotlight and kind of shine as much as he should. So it's only a good thing, and it's great to have these kind of role players really step up. You could claim he's the third or fourth best player on this team right now, and I think that's really saying something, back-to-back 30-point games or something like that. And, you know, I think that really just kind of increases his value to this team. He knows his role. He's an adequate defender at the two-guard position. And now that he's kind of in the right spot, you're really starting to see him excel. So had to give a shout out to Etwan Moore and the good season that he's having here on the Locked On Pelicans podcast. So short week for the New Orleans Saints. They've got the Monday night game in the dome against the hated Atlanta Falcons as they kind of continue to be the best team in the league. Got to take care of this game and certainly their offense after just the demolishing of the Eagles seems like it's not going to slow down at all. Want to know a little bit more about this team or get kind of some last minute insight onto what they're going to do on Thanksgiving Day is you kind of escape your family. Come on, it's been a lot of time with them. You need a bit of a break. Well, put on the Locked on Saints podcast with host Ross Jackson as he dives in daily like we do here on Locked on Pels on all the things you want to know about this team. It is excellent. You want to know more about this tremendous season the Saints are having? Shades of 09 perhaps? Make sure you listen and subscribe to the Locked on Saints podcast. So this Pelicans defense, yeah, it hasn't been great, but I think there's a little bit of misconception about what's going on exactly with it. So let's take a look at some of the numbers, kind of maybe explain a little bit more about what's going on at a fairly high level here with this team. So we knew after the 4-0 start when they looked like the best team in the league, everyone's like, but the defense, the points they're giving up. 
it's pace adjusted, so we need to kind of, or the pace is fast, so we need to kind of look at pace adjusted numbers to put it kind of in context when it comes to one play or 100 plays, whatever number you want to use. And when you do look at that, defensive rating being the main one, Pelicans defense is not good. 26 out of 30, that is fifth worst here, with a defensive rating of 111.3. During that four-game winning streak, though, they were right around 18th in the league, so it wasn't kind of all terrible. And now that they've kind of gone through that brutal, brutal road trip that they had, the Pelicans' defense, still not too bad overall. That's a bit of an aberration when you don't have Anthony Davis down low kind of defending the paint, when you don't have, you know, a guy like... Alfred Payton in, who really is one of the better defensive guards. So how has the team played, say, over the last seven games where they are 6-1 during this stretch? And that's where it starts to give you a bit of a better picture that actually they're not as bad as, say, fifth worst in the league. They're not top 15, not in the top half, but they do, over the last seven games, have a defensive rating of 107.4, giving them a net rating during that time of 9.1 with an offensive rating of 116.5. But we're not looking at that which is 18th in the league. So not nearly as bad as it could be, and that's a significant amount um, you know, to kind of improve during that time. Defensive rebounding's been kind of their biggest challenge at times this year. Too many second-chance points for opponents, but during these past seven games, they're actually the 13th best defensive rebounding team. When you combine that with the fact that they're a good offensive rebounding team, puts them basically number one in rebounding or top three. So the defensive rebounding isn't as abysmal as it could be. That's top half, have five, sorry, in the league. And then the question really then becomes, how is the defense really struggling? We've seen it struggle in transition. When teams run against this Pelicans defense, bad things happen. You can just see the miscommunication on who's supposed to guard who. This is doing a couple of things. It's leaving just easy lanes to the rim, but more importantly, it's leaving easy, open three-point shots, which is not what you want to be giving up. And this Pelicans team that doesn't have a ton of three-point shooting, really outside of Miritich Moore and some of Drew Holiday, that is definitely going to be a big problem for this team. So, some of this is kind of then compounded by the fact that Alfred Payton isn't in there and they're trying different lineups, different rotations, trying to kind of still figure out what works and what doesn't. And yeah, guys don't really know who they're supposed to go to because they're just maybe a little bit confused about who's next to them. And all of a sudden, if a different player is back there, the assignment's different in transition defense. And that's kind of leading to some of the open threes that they're taking. They're also giving up too many corner threes. That's been a problem, something that Alvin Gentry addressed before the game the other night against the San Antonio Spurs. And then, of course, Dante Cunningham came out and hit a ton of them against them, something they're looking to avoid there as well. They're more worried about taking away the paint and I, you know, which is kind of odd given that you have Anthony Davis to kind of patrol that down low and be the rim protector. And it's not allowing guys, you know, to kind of close out on the perimeter quick enough because they're down in the paint far away. And it's just leaving open three point shooters to the team. That's just kind of an awareness thing, a mental thing that they need to kind of clamp down, close out on those guys. And that's also really going to kind of help that side of things as well. Weirdly enough, the turnovers on offense haven't been killing the Pelicans as badly as you would expect. They're actually eighth best when it comes to a point, uh, giving up points off of turnovers. Given the turnover issues they've had, 
that's pretty good. It's only really been right around 16 points per game. Worst in the league is the Hawks at 23.3. This is a significant amount. And, you know, you would think that these live ball turnovers we keep seeing and different things like that, that's going to really be the problem. But it's not that. It's just kind of teams running against this Pelicans team because they're not getting back on defense nearly as quickly as they should. Some of that is because of the the effort they're putting in on offensive rebounding, being one of the top teams in the league at doing that. But that is helping the offense so much. And Alvin Gentry said, with the team they have, they should be going after offensive boards. You're going to maybe have to live with some of the transition problems that they're having. Right now, the Pelicans are actually the fourth worst team when it comes to opponent fast break points, giving up 16 and a half per game. They're tied with the Memphis Grizzlies right there. That's not what you want, but if it means you're getting two points per trip on offense when you grab an offensive board or something like that, maybe it's kind of what you live with or finding kind of the sweet spot of which guys do you send forward to get those offensive boards. Maybe you have a focus on it more when Julius Randle's in the game, and we've seen how good he is at that, versus maybe when other guys are in the game and you play a little bit more defense when Randle's out and you know focus more on offense when he's in. It's kind of finding the balance. I think it's still early enough in the season that the Pelicans don't really know what that is, and that's leading to some of the issues. It's not an effort thing, really. You know, you've seen it when these this team is just communicating well and there's a very clear plan of what they want to do. They're playing well defensively. They truly are. And it's not nearly as bad as a lot of things are being made out to seem. And these are things that can be fixed. You can fix your transition defense. They've got the athletes and guys to kind of keep up with it. And it's just, again, finding the right balance on that. The turnovers aren't killing them in that regard, at least defensively. It's certainly not good offensively. But teams aren't running uh, against those because a lot of their turnovers, bad passes that go out of bounds. The live ball turnovers are live ball turnovers that you're going to have to deal with and that all teams have to deal with. But Alvin Gentry said those haven't been a significant many. And while, yeah, maybe they have 20 turnovers in game or something like that, a lot of them aren't live ball turnovers, though they've had a couple of games where those are particularly bad. But by and large, that has not been the issue for this team. Sometimes it's just kind of clamping down on shooters, knowing you got to cover the perimeter and trust Anthony Davis to do it down low. As he's kind of coming on from the lineup, maybe that's had an issue with it as well. But I think as the season goes on, you'll see fewer corner threes get given up. And I think you'll see the transition defense improve. And maybe this isn't a top 10 unit, but maybe it is top 15 somewhere in there where in the top half of the league are hovering right around it. And with the way the offense has been, that's probably going to be good enough to make you a very scary team. College football is still in full swing, and you want to know what bowl the LSU Tigers are going to be playing in, and I've got the podcast for you. That's right. It's Locked on LSU, hosted by ESPN Radio's own Matt Moscona, one of the best in the business and a good friend of the show here. I'm on his program in New Orleans and Baton Rouge pretty frequently talking Pels. So if you want to know how they're going to play against A&M, big game coming up. I think they're actually A&M's favored, which is a bit of a surprise. What bowl they might be kind of playing in? Are they on the right track? Everything you need to know about this LSU team, Matt has got you covered. So make sure you listen and subscribe if you're a Tigers fan to Locked on LSU. So the Pelicans have a quick three-game road trip before being back home Monday against the Boston Celtics. So they are busy over this Thanksgiving Day weekend, taking on the Philadelphia 76ers tomorrow before then having a back-to-back against the Knicks and the Washington Wizards. Good time to maybe play the Wizards, even though they won last night over the Clippers and what's a bit of a surprise. Interesting things going on with some of these teams, by the way. You know, the Philadelphia 76ers being one of the top teams over in the Eastern Conference right now, the story about them is that 
Markel Fultz's attorney, he's being described as his attorney instead of his agent, has told him he needs to get some opinions on his shoulder. This is after his shooting form continues to look absolutely terrible, and I have no idea what in the world is going on there, but it is awful what has happened to him. Maybe good for the Pelicans that he's not playing, though he hasn't been particularly effective for this Philadelphia 76ers team. They've kind of had a bit of a weird year, not really able to string you know a bunch of consistent wins together. Though they're having some great play, and of course they now have Jimmy Butler, which is going to make things even more difficult for your New Orleans Pelicans. This Philadelphia 76ers team, really good at a number of things. They're really good at rebounding, um, particularly on the defensive side of the ball. They really go after it. The Pelicans and their offensive rebounding approach is really going to be put to the test. If you can out-rebound this 76ers team, you can probably out-rebound against almost anybody. They take a ton of threes, too. That's been the Pelicans' kryptonite a little bit as well. But they're pretty sloppy offensively. They're not the best shooting team. They turn the ball over a good bit. A sound defensive effort can get you this win on the road, though it's not necessarily going to be an easy game. Jimmy Butler averaging 18 points in his four games there so far, shooting much better from three, though in low volume, 49, or sorry, 43% from there giving you some assists, some rebounds, not a ton else other than scoring as he kind of gets integrated to this team, but certainly he's playing well and he gets to the free throw line. Joel Embiid is Joel Embiid, the leader of that team. 27.9 points per game to go along with 13 rebounds. He also can pass, giving you 3.6 assists. He gets to the line tremendously too, almost 11 times per game. And don't forget, he's got some three-point range. He takes over four shots per game from deep, so you can't just leave him open out there on the perimeter. J.J. Redick left the game on Monday night after getting hit in the face, but he came back in, so that at least is going to be a good thing. And then, of course, or sorry, not a good thing, I should say. He's averaging 18 points. He's their sharpshooter. He's taking over eight threes per game. This team can drain him. I'm telling you, you got to watch out, and you can't leave those corner threes open because they will burn you. Ben Simmons is Ben Simmons. Almost 15 points per game, almost 10 rebounds, almost 8 assists. He's pretty good, though he has zero range. You want him shooting away from the rim, and you will gladly let him do that. It's going to be a tough game. There's there's really nothing other to say, but the Pelicans really haven't had a bad loss yet. That's a good thing. Now, even though you don't have bad losses, that can only get you so far. you got to beat good teams, too. Something you know the Pelicans have done at times and shown they're capable of competing with any team in the league. The Knicks are the Knicks. They came back once they really tried to play and, and, you know, close that 19-point lead. No big deal there. And then, of course, the Washington Wizards on Saturday is going to be kind of an interesting one because that Wizards team is in just entirely disarray. Though they did win against the uh, uh, Clippers on Tuesday night. That's what happens when you see them actually try. They should be a top five, top six team in the Eastern Conference and not the now six and 11 that they were. But they had that heated practice that we talked about yesterday. This is probably a good time to kind of catch this team. They had this big emotional win over the Clippers. It's likely only downhill from there for them. So we'll see kind of how it goes as they're all maybe now out to prove they're not as bad as they are, which might mean some guys kind of play over, you know, kind of hog the ball, show that they're not the problem here. They're the one that's scoring and doing all of this and hopefully that leads to disarray against the pelicans and they can get the easy victory so uh, you know you it's possible to go two and one in this one three no would be great but don't be shocked if maybe something happens against the wizards and you see this team go one and two but not oh and three that's what we're just trying to avoid for the pels on this road trip 
So that's going to do it for this edition of Locked on Pelicans. Thank you all for listening. Enjoy the holiday weekend. Enjoy your Thanksgiving. I'm thankful for all of you. Aw, tuning in and making the Locked on Pelicans podcast part of your day. I do greatly appreciate it. So enjoy the weekend. Eat some food. Relax a little bit. Watch some basketball. Watch some football on the Saints, too. And as always, I'm your host, Jake Madison, at NOLAJake on Twitter. I'll be back with you all on Monday to preview the Boston Celtics.